I was very lucky. The first deal I ever made was a company called Gift, G-Y-F-T. I met my business partner, Buck, you know, and I invested a lot of more money over the years with him. But my first investment was, hey, this is a mobile gift card company. You know, and like they're doing X amount of revenue and it's just like, wow, the whole idea, this is before Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, you know, everybody was still using the physical gift card. And I'm like, wow, let's, yeah, let's get on the cloud, be mobile. And I thought that was a great idea. And then I said, okay, I'll give you 25,000. And then, you know, then he calls me a week later. It's like, oh, Ashton Kutcher at A plus is putting in a million right now. You want to up your money? I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's put in 50. <laughs> and 10 months later, we got bought my first data. You know, and yeah. I'm like, wow, I have like short-term capital gains. Like, geez. Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money, Got Money podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani, and my guest today is Jonathan Hang. Now, Jonathan is a very active angel investor, venture capitalist based in Los Angeles or Southern California. He has invested in all sorts of startups such as Coinbase and Lime and um, Celebral and Gift and 100 more startups like those. Today, he is going to share what he considers before investing his money in a tech startup and what are the things he looks for in a founder or a startup. So if you are a founder of a tech startup and are looking to get an investment from an angel investor, then this episode is for you. He candidly shares everything, including his journey and what is next for his firm. So lean in and listen to this episode of the Want Money, Got Money podcast. So Jonathan, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I've been following all your work and everything and you do, including your company, the Unicorn Venture Partners. So what are you working on these days and what are you excited about these days? Yeah, definitely. Um, Right now, you know, we are probably halfway through investing our fund. We started the fund in 2018. I'm I'm one of three partners. Uh, We do not have outside capital. It's just our own money. So that makes it a little bit easier, less fiduciary responsibilities. And we get to invest really in great startups and great founders uh, from the pre-seed seed and series A rounds. We focus primarily on technology as an industry and also consumer as an industry. And really, it's just the whole landscape of how things are changing. I I thought something, uh, you know, you hear all these great new companies coming about every day and you just think like, wow, it sounds so weird. But you know what? It's not weird anymore. You think about the last recession, you had like, why would I just get into some random person's car? You know, yes. or, you know, or why would I go sleep on someone's mattress? And like now yes. these are like billion dollar companies, right? Uber and Airbnb. Yeah. But think about if you go even further back, like think about Microsoft starting a great recession. So yes. what's exciting to me is like, you know, there's a lot of craziness with COVID, with the election, the whole world and the economy that I know there's going to be some great companies that come out of this. And I'm looking forward to finding the next great unicorn. Yeah, that that is so, so true. It's like I cannot agree more because um Whenever things like these are times of disruption, all the companies that are not 
doing well or that weren't going to be yeah. successful that are weeded out and it leaves so much empty space for the stronger yeah. um, companies to, you know, just capitalize on and they come out really, really strong after the this sort of an event. Um, I was just looking mm-hmm. through earlier um, with all your investments. Um, would love to know which one of your investment has done or exceeded your expectation Um because I see you guys have invested yeah, I mean, in like yeah, yeah. Coinbase and all, all sorts of companies and Lime mm-hmm. and yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are the unicorns, right? Unfortunately, Lime's no longer a unicorn. You know, it took a, a down round valuation from Uber's last investment, but that's okay. I mean, that's COVID and what yeah. happened, you know, and cash yeah. flow. Uh, there's some still great, exciting companies in the portfolio that I still need to add to the website. Um, really, like one thing that has really been impressive to us is a company called uh, Cerebral. It's called yes. GetCerebral.com. It's a telemedicine company where you basically uh, can um, have a, a telemedicine communication just like this over Zoom or over FaceTime, and you get prescribed uh, antidepressant medications. Now, in this day and age where you know you don't want to meet people, it, it, it's definitely took off. I know they raised a great Series A round, and they're just growing, yes. growing, growing, and so. Right now, we're just looking for trends of what makes sense. Like, it's not like before where, like, you know, hardware is going to be a little bit difficult to do. You know, maybe B2B enterprise software is going to be a little bit more difficult to do the sales cycle. It's going to take a little longer right now. But, you know, if we can find things that are going direct to consumer where, like, you know, the buyer has the ultimate advantage, there we go. I think 2020 is going to be remembered for Zoom, Shopify, and probably yes. Robinhood. Yes. <laughs> you know, these companies that really killed it. Yeah, they did kill it. But at the same time, if you look at the valuation of the big sort of five, you know, the Facebook, Google, uh, Microsoft, Mm -hmm. Amazon, um, Netflix, all those, it's like it's gone through the roof in in the last. And like what those five companies now make 26% of the S&P 500 or something, something Ah. crazy. The stats were just, uh, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. So it it is. It is the right um, industry. Um, as an investor, what do you look for in a company before you invest in? Yeah, no, I, I get that question all the time. And I've kind of like uh, developed this like methodology of like four principles I look at. Um, and it's not that it has to be all four that you meet. Like sometimes if a company has one out of the four, that's more impressive, you know, but it's got to have one of the four at least. And if it's like two, three or four out of four, then you definitely got to put a month check in, right? Yes. So the first thing I look at is the team. Like what their experience is, what have they done before, you know, where they've gone to school or it doesn't even matter school, like where have they worked at or how they work with others. Is this their third time doing a startup? That's really important because that's impressive, especially if it's the type of if they're trying to go in a new industry, but maybe they have great experience or knowledge to do it. That always helps. I think when you're this early investing, you have to look at the team and the founder. Yes. Um, second thing I look at really importantly is like, is there some sort of IP or, or patentable uh, something that's in the secret sauce that makes sense with yes. that this company is doing that no one else is. And it makes sense for right now in this day and age. Yes. Um, the other 
number three and four are kind of tied in, but they're kind of similar, but not one is revenue growth. And I'm not expecting a, you know, a startup initially to go from like zero to a million dollars in revenue. I'm just saying like, are they slowly building their trajectory for revenue or, or what's their pipeline? Like, how are they going to, if it's B2B, like how do they go into certain customers uh, in that space? Or if it's direct to consumer, it's like, Hey, there's a kind of trajectory you're going to see for it to become a unicorn or be bought or do an M&A down the road. So how is revenue growing from month to month? Um, and the last thing I look at is customer growth. Maybe sometimes you're not going to be able to monetize really quickly, but you have like all these users, which is great. Like there's companies that I unfortunately turned down in the past where it's just like, wow, I didn't think of it like that. You know, I was yeah. more worried about revenue. It's like, no, they have great traction and maybe they're doing a lot of freemium. They're getting a lot of users and eventually they will monetize. You know, Facebook did this, LinkedIn did this, you know, Google did this. You know, you're just getting more and more eyeballs onto you and that you'll be able to monetize down the road. Yeah, yeah, makes so much sense. Just to so to recap, it is the you look at the team, the IP or their secret sauce. What you know, what differentiates them? Why why them and not anyone else? Their growth, yeah. their revenue growth, or or their pipeline of how they intend to get to that promised revenue growth. Yeah, so, the customers. How like you yes. have like a million people on your platform? That's amazing. Maybe you're not yeah. making money off of them, but there's a way to find it because you yeah. have their attention. Absolutely. So we had the same thing. So when I was working with the esports startup, I managed to grow it from 80,000 monthly active users to 300,000 monthly active users in about wow. eight months time. Yeah. And and it's just that it gives economies of scale. And then initially we didn't have, but over time we could just, we were getting over 2 million visits um, visits a week or something like that. And then we could just monetize it, even though we didn't charge everyone um, right. just with, yeah. with ads and sponsors and all sorts of things. Once you have users, there's, there's like 10 different ways to monetize it. But if yeah. no one is using your product, you're in yeah. big trouble. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Because yeah. you're going to find different revenue streams. I mean, like, yes. um, you know, what you're doing like a month ago, you're going to be pivoting all the time. So that's Absolutely. why I think the team is so important because you're going to be able to say like, listen, you can't just be stubborn and say, this is the only way I'm going to make money. It's impossible. Yes. 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 Very true. And, and you always find new opportunities, new places to solve problems or, or the pain points of your customer as, as you go on that journey. So exactly. Very, very true. Talking about journey, would love to know about bit about your journey. How you got to this point, or because um, I see that you've worked in different parts of the world and you have so much different experience in different sort of industries. So yeah. Um, for me, I started in 2012 as an angel investor. Uh, my my background before was I was uh, a financial advisor. That was one of my very first jobs uh, working at Morgan Stanley and then UBS. Yes. Um, that was in my 20s. You know, and then I was very fortunate that, you know, I took that opportunity, learned how to, you know, not necessarily make money, but how to like um, truly understand and appreciate how hard money is to make. I mean, that's the thing they don't teach you. You know, it's easy to spend money, but to earn and make money, that's a lot of effort and time and patience. So from there, you know, I went to go get my master's of engineering and supply chain management at MIT. And I wanted to understand like more of the COO role of a company. And I was very fortunate to uh, graduate from there and go work in China for a little under a year before I came back home to take over my family's clothing company uh, called United Overseas Textile Corporation. 
Um, very lucky. It's the longest job I've had. I've served as the vice president and then the president of the company and nice. we do contract manufacturing of clothing. So I've done international mm-hmm. business, making goods, um, in China, throughout China, whether they're suits, woven shirts, knit shirts, pants, socks, underwear, and selling to customers here in the U S whether it's, uh, you know, through mail order catalogs or Amazon, Costco, Burlington co factory, yes. you know, it was a multi a million dollar business, but now it's, it's totally different now where we are now. Yeah. When I started 2012 to 2020, I mean, a lot of companies I've worked with have gone bankrupt, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, you have to deal with the fallout of that. But at the same time, when I started working at barrage, uh, or United overseas textile, um, I was very caught by the idea of investing into startups and there, yes. I was in LA, I'm still in LA and there's something yes. called Silicon beach and I want to learn more about it. And so yes. I started investing at the same time and meeting people, networking as an angel investor, writing, you know, $50,000 checks, $25,000 checks here and there very early yes. and built out my uh, network that way. Yeah. Since then, I've probably done about over 80, maybe close to hundred different deals individually, wow. directly. Um, at the same time, you know, I knew that like, I don't know everything. So I wanted to invest with really smart people. So I've become a, a limited partner in at least 14 different funds, not even including unicorn. Yeah. Um, no, it's been great. And then around 2015, I decided to go get a, an executive MBA from Wharton and that, yeah. uh, because it was great because it was in San Francisco. And so like, yeah. I want to get more of that Silicon Valley, you know, uh, network and flavor. And so I did that and was able to meet one of my business partners, Dave Lynn, who, uh, yes. was the other managing partner of unicorn and also my really close friend, Philip Serafin. I've known him since he was 21 and I was 24 and we started that company together and we've done a lot of investing since. Oh, that is that is a fantastic trajectory um, of your career and how someone gets into angel investing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, where, when I was, when I did spend some time in California, you won't believe so many comp- game development companies are based around the LA area. Oh yeah. So many. EA, everybody's here. So many. And even so many of the smaller indie ones, they might have like team of 50 to 500 or 50. Not not everyone's as big as 10, 20,000 Activision, the number of employees that they have in the tech startup space. So many have been. And because there's such a big cluster of those, um, they learn from each other and, and it just the cluster keeps growing. So yeah, it's, it's great to see. Um, you, you said you've done so many deals, like over hundred deals, you would have met mm-hmm. so many different founders. Um, mm-hmm. What stood out for you in some founders compared to others? What are the qualities that you see in the winning founders? Oh yeah. Um, you know, for me, I just, uh, there has to be at least a vision that goes with what they're looking for. You know, it's, and it's not necessarily like, oh, like we're going to be the Uber of this or the Airbnb of that or, you know, like catchphrases. <laughs> like, you know, yes. I've heard them all. I've heard them all. And it's just like, you know, initially I thought like, wow, that's such a great idea. And then I was like, wait, then now like I've done, done this for eight years. And I was like, wow, that's like the 30th time I've heard somebody's going to do prop tech, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or another esports company yeah. or just like another another downloadable direct consumer app, you yeah. know. So yeah. it's like, well, you have to give me more of the vision. And I think. Like when you're this early, you don't have product market fit. So really like, how are you as an individual able to deal with all, you know, the not not negativity, but all the uncertainty. Yeah. The uncertainties and obstacles. Cause like, you know, like I need to make sure that you're hundred percent dedicated, that you have true passion and grit. So those are the values I look at because like, you don't want just like 10% of my money. 
you're asking for like a full commitment. You know, it's not like yes. it's gonna like, oh, I'm going to give you like, OK, there's going to be hurdles along the way. No, you want all the money up front right now signed with sign that convertible note or that price yes. round or or yes. safe. So I have to make sure you're all in dedicated. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people have to be able to willing to sacrifice. It's not about like, hey, we're, we're looking for like, you know, a six figure, uh, you know, uh, salary for the year and like we're gonna have all these like great benefits like no it's just like you're gonna have to put money on the table as well one of my biggest red flags i look at is like listen if you have put nothing into your company and you want everybody else to put money in like that's a red flag like how do you not believe in your own product i mean like listen when i used to be a financial advisor of course to make money you needed opm other people's money Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. As, a, as an investor, that's what I need to be able to scale out and grow more yes. so I can do more deals. But when you're just starting out, like, my God, if you're not putting in your own money, time and effort, then it's never going to be successful. Because if you don't believe, why should I believe? Absolutely. You say that. You say that. Uh, I would like to repeat these things. These are so, so important. So having a vision, having that grit, having that passion for the product and having skin in the game. That is yeah. pretty much it. You say that it's like so, so good for any founder listening there. Yeah, that is what they need. If you had to start all over again, what would you do? Yeah. As an angel investor, you know what I, what I like, you know what I would think going back, don't do, I heard this great Mark Cuban quote once and it's like, don't drown in opportunity. So it's like, you shouldn't just do every single deal. You know, I thought in the beginning, like, oh, I got it. Oh my God, I got to hurry up and put in a check. You know, this is it. It doesn't take off. But I think uh, patience is definitely a virtue and you have to look at each opportunity and look at it at the right moment. Like there's things where like I made a mistake on. You know, and I, I didn't have my network built up yet. Like, I mean, I was very lucky. But the first deal I ever made was a company called GIF, G-Y-F-T. I met my business partner, Buck, you know, and I invested a lot of more money over the years with him. But my first investment was, hey, this is a mobile gift card company, you know, and like they're doing X amount of revenue. And it's just like, wow, the whole idea, this is before Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, you know, everybody was still using the physical gift card. And I'm like, wow, let's, yeah, let's get on the cloud, be mobile. And I thought that was a great idea. And then I said, okay, I'll give you 25,000. And then, you know, then he calls me a week later. It's like, oh, Ashton Kutcher at A plus is putting in a million right now. You want to up your money? I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's put in 50. And <laughs> 10 months later, we got bought by first data, you know? And yeah. I'm like, wow, I have like short-term capital gains. Like, geez, it's like investing in the stock market. I was like, that's unheard of to get yeah. a return that quick. So I was very lucky. I rolled into another investment. But then like, you know, my third or fourth investment, I, I made a mistake, you know, it was just like, I didn't have enough of experience. And I think like doing angel investing, you just got to take your time and not rush. I was very lucky my first investment and that got me, you know, it's like going to gambling and you win for the first time. That's how they hook <laughs> yes, yeah. you. Luck. Yeah, so, pretty much that's, yeah. yeah. You can't think like every bet because like in what we do, you're not going to be a hundred percent accurate. Yes single time if you're batting over 300 if you're getting 30 percent of your deals right oh that's amazing you're gonna be on the midas list right i mean you're you're killing it so for me it's just like growing your network is just as important i always find it like you know i have a philosophical difference with some of my friends and investors where it's just like when is this early this isn't like you're an eye banker and you have all this information like you're making decisions based on like the best possible information you have. And sometimes it's a gut decision. Absolutely. You can't just tell me you're going to have six Sigma confidence on any decision. There's no way you have like yeah. that. What? 99.99999% certainty on a decision. 
that's so much money, time, and effort. So I always say, like, build out your network. It's about finding the right people. Like, I made a mistake in 2012. I didn't invest in a company that basically the pitch was this valuation was 20 million, and it's a it's a company that you buy and sell stock, and it's a fantasy game. It was a gaming company. Yeah. And I'm like, who's gonna play this game? And this valuation is like ridiculous. I didn't know much about valuations then, but I'm like, yes. 20 million for this game? Where's the Angry Birds? Where's like the Plants vs. Yeah. Zombie? Where's the Fruit Ninja? Like, where's yeah, the yeah. Bejazzled, Bejeweled, or whatever? You know, yeah. and I turned it down and I didn't understand it better. Uh, that was my mistake because I was basically on the idea, not on the team, not on like yes. the trajectory and all that. And this company, um, you know what it, you know what it became or is to this Robin day? Hood? Robin, Robin Hood? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I turned down Robin Hood at $20 million. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so now like it's what, what it, 8 billion, it was, 9 billion, I don't know. No, worse, <laughs> worse, 11.4 billion now. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My 25,000 I would put in would be well over 10 million dollars today. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But but hey, we'll see if they exit, right? We'll see what the next story is, but you know, yeah. I've had companies in the last couple of weeks like get get become a SPAC, you know. I was very lucky. I got into Clover Health and the Series C, Series D round, you know, and now, yes. you know, thanks to math for, uh, you know, getting uh, IPOC. <laughs> yeah. And turning yeah. into a SPAC. And I'll have to wait six months before I get money, but it's great opportunities here and there. So really, I think like as an angel investor starting out, you just have to really build out your network and talk to people yes. and have expertise from others. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. Um, yeah. Couldn't agree more. I have like these three questions that I ask everyone. Is there a book that you are reading right now? A book that I'm reading right now. Or the one that you read last. Okay. Let me see. Because it's so funny you bring that up because like, you know, I, I, let me check right now because I always forget like uh, what book I've been reading. Because I guess I always add to my wish list and yes. like, you know, I look at my Audible, you know, and it's just like, oh, I got to look at my Audible. What did I uh look at um you know everyone's heard of like venture deals this or that but um let's see one book that i am trying to read right now is called edge by uh, professor laura huang she was actually my business school professor uh Mm -hmm. at wharton now she's teaching at harvard business school but um you know she's definitely a mentor and somebody that i I take away some of her tidbits you know she's always has like things like you know not all money is good money you know and like her some of her things are like uh you know hire slow but fire fast you know, and these are good things to think about and like where, where we're going. I think that's that's just a great uh, book to talk about. I have to read. Yeah, no, that's good. Is there a, a podcast or YouTube channel that you follow? Let's see, a YouTube channel. Like I, I'm actually working on my own YouTube channel now. Oh, fantastic. So I, I will have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like really tidbits, like because I do yes. like a lot of ask ask an angel series, right? And yes. I'm always telling people like you know ninety seconds, like hopefully I give a quick like you know my my not that my thought process is always great, but just my experience. And mm-hmm. I think like once you can hear someone's experience, it's better than reading it from a book because it seems just more genuine, and authentic. Um, a podcast that I follow, um, you know what I really love reading is Medium. You know, and Medium. I hear like Me every too. day. Yeah, I just get like see great short three five minute articles yes. about, and it's like, and it's they're great because it's just like wow, I yeah. it's just a good refresher to think like yes. that. That's a good way of thinking an article or like a thought process. Like like oh, today I was reading something on core too. It was like oh, like what's the difference between A rounds and B rounds? I'm like, yeah, is it like a set number or is it like you know, uh, you know? And I save them. I save all these like great little yes. things. Like, let's see the last thing I saved. Yeah, I would love to know what's the last thing you saved. 
yeah, what did I say? It was just like uh, that, that that's pertinent to our conversation. It would be, let's see. Okay, here we go. It's, um, just looking at the timeline or trajectories, right? Because like really like when you're looking at uh, Series A, you're still looking at scalability, predictability, and sustainability. And so yeah. it's like you're still like truly getting your product market fit ready and that anything Series B and above, that's right. You have perfect, you have like the best product market fit you can and you just need money to grow and scale and hire yes. a team. Because I always think like, you know, when you're an angel or C deal, like that's one team to get you from zero to a million in sales. It takes a totally different team to get you from like one to 10 million and then 10 million higher every year. You're going to have to hire an actual CFO. You're going to have to actual hire, you know, someone who's in charge of marketing, an HR team, everything. So that's when like the real money comes in to help grow, grow, grow. I think like, you know, understanding where you are on the timeline of traction and you know, where kind of money you need to scale is so important. That is such good advice that you need a different team at different mm-hmm. stages in your company or startup's life cycle. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. If you had unlimited time, resources, and money, what would you build or what would you work on? I think the most important thing, I always joke, like if I ever won the lottery, is like the first thing I was like, all right, every other meeting's canceled, hire every trainer, chef, you know, like doctors. And like, that's the most important thing because it's not about um, living forever. It's just having like enough time. That's all. That's the only thing we're all equal to, like life extension. And I think sometimes like we get caught up in the rat race and we don't realize how important like, you know, our own bodies are. And I would say like, yeah, you got to focus on your health. Sometimes it's like just as much as like IQ versus EQ, right? But it's just sometimes breathing a little bit, you know, and that's why like, you know, for our other uh, company, Truesdale Ventures that I help like uh, advise and help invest for with my friend, Philip, you know, he has a great a platform where he wants to invest in wellness and health. And it's not just only making as much money as possible. Like we look at consumer product companies that are like, you know, are good for you. It's not that they, they don't use refined sugar or it's just like, yes. we want to change how school lunches are or like, you know, how people can just truly make this world better for the next yes. generation. So yeah. I think that would be the thing. If I had all the money, I would spend all time. and just like making sure that I had more time. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. That makes that makes so much sense. And that is, that would be amazing. I hope you get to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the best. Just like having someone give you extra time, you know? Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's so fun if you, you have all this money, but you don't have like the energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the point then? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the final question is that do you have a ask? Are you looking for anything? Um, I ask this to all founders, all investors. Are you looking for other founders, other investors, team members, anything? Yeah. Um, I My ask always is like, how how can I be of service? How can I help you, you know, get to where you need to go? And that's yeah. the key. Like Maybe like I don't, it's not just about money. Right. It's about making the right introduction, making the right thought process. Like for me, I always ask people, like, how can I help you? And at the same time, like if there's ways like, oh, like maybe I can count on you or there's something like I need that I don't understand down the road, you know, always keeping that dialogue. I think that's so much more important than being the smartest person in the room. It's just that you have a network of people. I people always make fun of me and say, like, wow, you have like four degrees. And like I might be crazy enough to go get like a doctor doctorate next i don't know yeah. like the only reason i get these things is like i just want to find as many juicy brains as i can like to be a zombie yes. 
find people to know like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Every time I went back to get another degree, I was like, wow, it totally changed my thought process. Yes. Because if you're doing the same thing you were doing like two years ago in business, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> so changing. true. Yeah. Everybody's changing. Like TikTok, something's going to like overtake TikTok. You know, yeah, the, yeah. it's year. not going to be the same. It's and, and something else will come that will eventually over. But every time there is a new network, a new thing, the attention is really underpriced and yeah. you can li- really, really leverage it. And I have seen, I've made like a random TikTok and I get 5,000 views and 200 comments and shares and stuff. And it's like, I'm like, yeah. nobody, how, how is it on TikTok? Like, you know, I just... How can, how is it possible? So I find it really interesting. If you are, you know, early days, you can be a real authority figure on that if you start um, early, um, because all the niches on that, apart from the dancing, are wide open to be taken on on TikTok. So, so yeah. And I know people who have built their businesses on it um, just, just completely randomly. And people have done the same in LinkedIn in the last five years and in the last 15 years done on Twitter and, you know, same, same, same thing. So yeah, very, very true. Um, How can people get in um, contact with you or follow you? Um, What is the best um, social media platform that you are on? Yeah, I mean, really um, a couple. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn at Jonathan Hung. I was very lucky to get my own name. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Um, That's great. We can connect there or on any social media like Twitter is Jonathan Hung BC or Jonathan Hung BC on Instagram. Um, someone from me, myself or my marketing team will help like definitely, uh, get me in, get in touch with me. Um, at the same time, please take a look at our websites, uh, unicornvp.com. You know, you could, uh, send in, uh, your emails through there. And I have something also called jheart.ventures. That's my own family office and investment holding company where I do my own personal investing. It's so funny. My friends make the point like, well, sometimes like it might not be great for that fund, but it doesn't mean that I won't invest personally. So it might yeah. not be right for our fun, but I still might write a check because in my heart, I'm still an angel investor. Yeah, that is that is great. What I will do is I'll put all those links underneath the description in any oh, way this you. goes out so people can get hold of you and follow you on every platform that you are active on. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. This has been really enlightening and thank you for sharing all your years of wisdom and your knowledge with us. Thank you, Sam. It was a great opportunity and pleasure to meet you. And I hope to see you in New Zealand one day. Man, oh, absolutely. Stuff. It would be, yeah. yeah. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.